Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If Trayvon Walker is the number one pick, what happens to Aiden Hutchinson? If Jermaine Johnson is the fourth pick, what happens to Kayvon Thibodeau, John Daigle from 444 Football? You know this. Mock drafting is all about if-then statements. That's what we're going to do today. Try to honestly go through, I don't know, 7, 12, 20 iterations of the top 10 and hit on all the possibilities. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful. This is also the time of year where I appreciate at one point working for Roto World the most because as you can tell <laughs> right now, People will share some not so insightful individuals and, you know, we're too kind. We don't want to call it out. I may slip a message, say, hey, just be careful with that report because I'm used to the vetting experience that I had from Evan Silva, from Greg Rosenthal and being told, hey, don't follow that notion. Like, that's that report. How about you stay away from that person? And uh, I'll tell them and it's a warning shot. It's like that. And if they still choose to do so, you're on your own because I want everyone to be happy. Follow those bets if you'd like to. But this, Josh, I feel like we are very prepared for. Yeah. And I also feel like with mock drafting, you know, we've heard things for the last two weeks. Some of that is going to be fact. But it's mm -hmm. on us to determine what we should hold on to, but then also what new information we should switch over to. And it feels like every eight hours, six hours, four hours, there's something new that's in the fold. And some of it is like building steam, how many different sources are talking about it. And then other times it's maybe the third or the fourth player that they devote an entire line to that you should read into and not the number one name that they bring up. So all of this is fitting different puzzle pieces together. And really where I got to last year, Daigle was feeling super comfortable with the top 10. 24 hours ago, nowhere close. Maybe I had an epiphany of vision overnight. I'm starting to feel like we're pretty good here with the top 10. That's what's so annoying, I think is the word best uh, and best about this draft is that I don't have it as chaotic as others, but I yeah. do have two or three players for picks. And then of course, the way those players fall then creates a domino effect, which sets the rest of the top 10 on fire and behind yeah. them as well. And that's where I'm at. Like some people have four players for number two or number four overall. I have two, yeah. but who it is between those, I have a lean, of course. What happens though, it's it's up for grabs. Well, let's talk about all those possibilities. We're going to speak in some certainties with some conviction, but more so, Daigle, I just want to have fun with this. I, I want to act sometimes as if we're right and act if, if we're wrong as well, you know, and, and just yeah. go through a bunch of bunch of these iterations. By the way, if you're new to the channel, welcome. We have a ton of great NFL draft content already down below. Subscribe, even hit that bell for notifications. We actually have a draft stream Thursday night. It's going to be a lot of fun, informative, but more so fun. We're going to bring on guests from across the country as well when they're team is picking and get their live reactions. We're going to have Twitter scrolling booze will be involved. So be on the lookout for that. It starts at seven 45 on Thursday. And by the way, a little announcement of just how big the prize pool for BBM three will be. 
that night as well. So it's a pretty big, sizable, substantial announcement as well. We'll have one more stream ahead of the first round. Thursday morning, Hayden and I will be going through our final mock drafts. So again, hopefully you tune in and subscribe down below. Okay, Daigle, I've uh, done a little bit of Figma work, create a top 10 board, and here we go. We can erase, get out the, you know, wide out and start over if we need to. Um, what should be maybe not like our mock drafts, but what we kind of think is not just general consensus, but also where things are headed uh, with the public perception. And I think where that is trended now towards are the top two selections. If I can write these out, Trayvon Walker one in Hutchinson two. Fair. That is fair. And my own personal process, which we're setting aside at some point, like at some parts of this, I still think it's Trayvon and then Aquanu, one, two, and then Hutchinson at three. But totally fair if we want to step back and say, Whoa, whoa, Trayvon, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you just say? Trayvon I at one it. and Icky Aquanu at two? No, as in the first pick of the Jags, I think it's between oh, Trayvon I, and Aquanu. I was like, we are no, starting no, no, off no, no, no. with electricity not, here. No, no, no. <laughs> They're, they're not trying to find the man next to Sewell. Like, they're not worried about that so much. Uh, I, I thought I heard something. <laughs> the, fir- the first pick, I believe, is between Trayvon and Aquanu, but everyone else is of the belief it's Walker and Hutchinson. Totally fine. No big deal. The Lions, it sounds like, I don't want to jump ahead too quickly here, but Lions, it sounds like it's down to Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. I yeah. think it's heavily Hutchinson, but I'm listening to your points. So... We are going to, at some point, do a top 10 where Aiden Hutchinson does go number one. I think that there's still like 30% chance of that happening and probably like a 60% chance of Trayvon Walker happening and then a 10% chance of, of Iki Kwanu. I really hope we know by you know Thursday night. I think we will, but let's just you know proceed in this direction because it started a base you know a couple weeks ago where you know you, Evan, myself, we were talking about Trayvon Walker there it was being mentioned as a possibility and then you know this week we've got the national guys with Schefter, so on and so forth peter king mentioning it okay texans this gets fun when you read other people just around the league because so often that's just what these national guys do is they hear from other teams well our rival is going to do this you know i have a source that's with the texans that i bet they go in this direction they all think offensive linemen of the last week daigle i've been of the belief it's going to be a cornerback Five days ago, I thought it was going to be Sauce Gardner. And as we sit here 48 hours ahead of time, I think it's Derek Stingley. I completely agree with you. Two weeks ago, I thought it was Neil. But at that same time, I had been hearing Derek Stingley. I didn't even really hear Gardner. I heard Stingley more than anything. And that just led me to go through my own process and say, okay, Gardner is the consensus number one cornerback. No big deal. If we're hearing cornerback, that's the direction I'll go. And I'll remove Neil from the process altogether. But now the drumbeat of Stingley is so strong that I believe he is the number one cornerback on their board. You put on Twitter that we are certain at least one team, I think it's two, but at least one has Stingley as their number one Way corner. Ahead. And I, I think I think it's actually very easy to name those teams in the Seahawks and Texans. They have Stingley over Gardner. And so if that's where we're at, at number three, and Lovey Smith hates his own cornerback's room, this is the direction we're going. So this right here... Is and this is different. This th- well, actually, this number three I think has now become the betting favorite because those in the know have started steaming it up a little bit on some books. And this right here, this three is my favorite trifecta to yep. start. 
I have I have a favorite fourth pick as well. It does not match consensus at all, which worries me because I'm battling against very smart people who yeah. may have seen more info than me. <laughs> but this is my favorite, like first three bets right here. Uh, Trayvon, if you can still get him anywhere, like he's minus two sixty, like everywhere now. But right. you know, Trayvon Hutchinson he over plus one money half. on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, uh, Hutchinson over one and a half is still a very good bet in my opinion. And then Stingley number three overall. This is it right okay. here. And we will circle back and give an offensive line to the Texans because, again, yep. I think a lot of the national national reporters and analysts are, are, are putting that there. Okay, so number four here, this gets interesting. I want to go hyper-focused here and go towards what New York media said yesterday because a long, long time we've heard Kayvon Thibodeau connected to the Jets. Peter Schrager mentioned this on Good Morning Football that his interview went well. Connor Hughes of The Athletic you know, recycled that, used that, and probably had some of the sources that might have said the same thing. Hard, sharp turn yesterday, John Daigle. And it pointed to Jermaine Johnson being a top four pick. Uh, can I just put this in there for this iteration of this top 10? Yes, you may. Jermaine Johnson at number four, you want to put in? Okay. Oh, this is what we got from the local B writers yesterday, was Jermaine I Johnson is absolutely in play at number four. You, d you did say this is a practice that we're going to be doing a few. Yes, so since it is practice, let's go ahead and just do Jermaine Johnson. It's like showing okay. up to a marathon with only two miles of training. Like okay, Jermaine well, Johnson at number four. Do you, do you want me to delete this and then try to no. like give away our top 10 already? Do you want to like go buy the book of what you think this top 10 should be and then divulge from there? Devolve what do you think is better? Okay. My issue with Jermaine at four is that I think you and I are in consensus of what we feel about that pick. Yeah, okay. Then we'll go with Icky Kwanu first as, okay. as the number four pick for this iteration. Okay. Do so you think it's Icky? I do. Um, okay. I think if we look back on Joe Douglas and how he's built this roster and how the Eagles built their best teams, it's all through offensive line. And I believe firmly that right now, Joe Douglas does not trust his left tackle spot long term, period. And Icky Kwanu probably steps in there and is their best offensive lineman on, on their team. And this is the spot where you can get him and start this run of offensive linemen. I think it's between three positions, tackle, wide receiver, pass rusher. Do not buy cornerback. We can get into that conversation a little bit later on. Let's move forward with this practice because we are both of the belief it's Quanu. You texted me yesterday, even when you saw the initial Jermaine Johnson rumors, and I immediately texted back, doesn't matter. I'm still yeah. fairly sure it's a Quanu. It matches what you just said, right? It matches... Yeah. The fact that George Fant, in his age 30, I think he's going to be 31 this year, season, is playing for a long-term deal after an amazing season at left tackle. Ha but with that being an outlier performance for him, they can't just give him And it's one a year left in his contract. That's yeah. it. So rather than giving him a long-term extension, they still, in drafting Icky, have either their right tackle of the future or yeah. left tackle of the future. You can't go wrong yeah. here. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't know, 48 hours ago, not perceived to be on the board at this time at number five. I had Jordan Ron on, on the show and he mentioned that edge is a position that it's not just tackle and cornerback that edge might be mentioned among those top three. I bet some teams have Kayvon has a top two prospect, but if Icky just goes here at number four, I'm sure the giants say, Oh, we can't wait until the Panthers to get, you know, potentially our third tackle out there. So Daigle, I would point us in the direction of offensive tackle here at number five. So you want Evan Neal or Charles Cross? Yes. <laughs> yes, but I'm not sure which one. Which one are you going to go with? I keep questioning. This is why 
I'm overconfident. Well, I'm not sure if I've reached. You like, are uh, overconfident, but it's okay. What's, what's that level? Like, what's the highest level of Buddhism enlightenment? Like Adirondack? Nirvana? Uh, uh, I think isn't it called something? It might be. Uh, let's say it's Nirvana, right? Uh, I'm not sure if I've reached Nirvana or if I've stopped caring. Uh, it's one of those because the rumors <laughs> are flying, and now I want to ignore everything I hear. But with the Giants, my overconfidence it stops at five altogether in this draft because you would think, right, in this situation. They a lot go of Evan Neal smoke today. A lot of Evan They go Gardner, though, or receiver. They can do that and then allow Cross or Neal to come back to them knowing they can use either. But like you, let me let me finish my point. Like you, yeah, yeah. I think they prefer Cross to Neal. I think they prefer Cross to Neal so much, they're going to ensure they get him here. So, yes, I am with the belief Cross is the number five pick as well. And also, the, the Cross over under seven and a half is a terrible number because Cross yeah. is the five, six, or seven pick. He doesn't get past seven. Yeah. I, there was, there's been smoke in both directions. There's a lot of smoke today of Evan Neal, like multiple beat writers coming out and predicting Evan Neal to the Giants here at number five. That checks out. By the way, there was some, I think, Walter football report about his medicals. Yeah, Charles Robinson hasn't heard anything on that. Mike Garofolo went on NFL Network today and said, Every single team, including the Giants I've spoken with, have no indication that there's a medical. Maybe one team asked him to do a little extra recheck, but that was it. So I would throw that information out. Garofalo dunked on Walter Football this morning, yeah. He did that too. Okay, so we'll go with Charles Cross, since that's what you mentioned here. And actually, to me, that makes number six even even more likely. By the way, this first iteration that we're going with with the top ten is not going to include trades, but we'll do some trades a little bit later on. How about that? Oh, okay. Um. Okay, so Panthers, if Charles Cross here is the pick at number five, and by the way, I think they go offensive tackle. This might be a different statement than you said at five because there's no way the Panthers are taking a corner at six. Zero, zero way. Right. Um, so we'll go with Evan Neal here. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, Daigle. Um, to me, it gets a little interesting. We can do one of these versions too. If, Charles, if Evan Neal goes five and Charles Cross is sitting there at six, I've tried to do homework on this not getting necessarily clear answer other than something two weeks ago that the Panthers view Charles Cross in the same tier as Icky Aquanu and Evan Neal. So like, let's say Charles Cross is there and I don't know the, the Eagles or the saints or uh, the Texans, whoever else want to move up to, to number six and there's a deal on the table, which one would they take? I think if Icky or Neal are there, they're just going to sit there and take it, but I don't know about cross. So, and I'm with you at six. You don't think, well, I guess we can put a quarterback in one of these iterations, correct? Even We're though not. we don't believe, okay, you <laughs> you are of the belief so much so they're not going to take a quarterback six that you don't even want to pretend like it's going to happen. I, I'm, we, we can do one of those because I know we don't have, we don't have to. There, I'm just curious. You know, we can, we can. And this is going to be a three hour show. We can, but <laughs> um, I'm firmly of the belief it's not Kenny Pickett at six. Let's put it that way. If it is a quarterback, let Again, I, I think some beat writer mocks out there have been taking Evan Neal at three, Icky at four, Charles Cross at five. So there's no offensive tackles left on the board. If there's no trade out possibilities, I would put my money on Malik Willis being the quarterback at six. If they're going I, to take. I like Willis over Pickett as well. But like you, I also think they settle for offensive linemen. I don't, I don't know if they can get a deal done for six unless they take uh, 40 cents on the dollar. Like, right. No one wants to move up in this draft. They they're sitting there saying like we want 2023 picks. Why would yeah. we give you our better capital in 2023? Every pick is better than this year. So no, yeah. we're not going to give you that. 
they'll have to pay those airport currency exchange rates. Like yeah. it's just going to be. They they bought Bitcoin. They're selling it two weeks later, pretending like they know how to trade crypto. Yeah. Um. By the way, once we finish this first top 10, I do want a bunch of audience feedback. So if you have some suggestions or things that we are missing, let us know. Schrager has picked it to Carolina. Love Peter Schrager. I simply do not see Kenny Pickett to Carolina. I truly believe that is a case of people around the league saying what the Panthers and what they believe they're going to do at six. That is not something that's rooted inside the building. Okay. Once again, we have Kayvon Thibodeau there at seven, or we have Sauce Gardner here at seven. Corner, more important, weak Martindale defense to me than pass rusher. But maybe, again, three days ago, we didn't think KT was a possibility here at seven. Which direction we're going? I still don't think KT is a possibility at seven. This is my issue with Tibbs in the top 10, Josh, is that I believe he's the number two on a lot of players' boards. But I think all the players are going to be there that eliminate Thibodeau from these teams reaching for him. They don't need to worry about their backup options. So we can throw him in higher in this draft in another iteration. But in yep. this one, I don't think Tibbs is an option for the Giants. Cool. Okay. Let's go to eight. This to me, I mean, Texans at three is a little bit of possibility, even though we seem like we have a lean on it now. The rest makes sense from a player to talent to fit standpoint. Now we get here again with the Falcons. This roster absolutely sucks that we could go in so many different directions and there's not like a clear top talent to like clear fit need, right? Or to position need. So I could see just listing out the possibilities. Kayvon Thibodeau's fall stopping here. Could see Drake London as a possibility here at wide receiver. We've heard Jameson Williams being possible at the first wide receiver off the board. Or Garrett Wilson was the betting favorite for that as well. If we had to pick one at eight here in this iteration, where are we going? I think it helps that we heard they like Drake London over Garrett Wilson. That made it a little bit easier. I still lean Drake London, but if you yep. convince me into either Kyle Hamilton or Jermaine Johnson, I'm I'm certainly listening. Okay. I actually, before we do a different iteration after this, after this top 10, I want to lock in these top seven players and then do some fun things with eight, nine, and 10, because Ooh. I think like those top seven are the seven names that will come off the board, if that makes sense, in yes. some order. And then from here on out is, is funny money. Okay. Uh, let's do Drake London here for now. Um, and this is the one I'm least confident in. I have no idea. So early on, I was Stingley here. There's been some rumblings of quarterback. They do not have a starting tackle on their board. So would they go with a name like Trevor Penning here? Could this be a trade out spot that we've seen with John Schneider doing these deals in the past? I will say Mike Dugar was on my show and mentioned that a lot of those previous deals that John Schneider loved to make at the end of round one to get to round two was because all of those first round grades on the Seahawks board were gone. We're gone. And this is a much different predicament that he's in because he'll be in the heart of all of his first round grades. So would he be willing to get out of there for the Saints at, you know, wherever they're picking or the the, the Steelers at 20? You know what I'm saying? So I, I think they sit here and, and, and take one of these players at a key position. They're switching to more of like three, four odd front looks. I think the Kayvon Thibodeau fall ends here. I am very confident the Kayvon Thibodeau fall would stop right here. Yep. So much so that I ran to FanDuel this morning and still got <laughs> Thibodeau at, as the number nine overall pick at 19 to one. 
Um, I I bet that number gets a lot shorter in the next 48 hours. So Mm. that is one of my favorite bets, long shot bets, still on the board right now. Okay, we'll cycle back here and and do, let's do the Hayne Winks version with Thibodeau at, at, at eight here in a moment. Okay, so Jets at 10. We mentioned at number four, offensive tackle, wide receiver, pass rusher are clearly these teams' top three needs. Again, you might read in some of these other mocks, Albert Breer, so on and so forth. They do great work. I constantly see people, national perspective, giving a cornerback here with a, one of the top two picks for, for the Jets. Dago, I don't see that. Do you? A cornerback? Absolutely not. Right. Uh, they wouldn't, st- and I think Trent McDuffie's very clearly the third cornerback that should be off the board, but they wouldn't reach for that position. Um, I of the belief that they will choose between our Jermaine Johnson, if that smoke is actually real, or better yet, Jameson Williams, since we do know going back two months, they have, and I don't even think they should, but they've very clearly been in the market for a yeah. long term. X wide receiver. They want a true number one option with explosive yak ability. That is Jamison Williams. And he falls right into their lap at 10. Mm. I think that's okay. the direction they go. Okay. We'll, we'll leave that one there for now. Mm-hmm. My comment a little bit mm. with wide receiver is this team only attached second round draft capital when chasing wide receivers this offseason. Tyree Kill was two second <laughs> yeah. round picks. Calvin Ridley, when they were in there, obviously Amari Cooper would have gone for a lot less, right? So maybe they view these top 10 selections, potentially not at wide receiver, but at those other two core needs at offensive line and creating disruption on the edge, which Robert Sala needs to do. Now they get Carl Lawson back and maybe just getting that back along with Quinn and Williams and a few other players. I think Jacob Martin they signed is like a third pass rusher. Maybe they think that's enough. But it it is slightly telling to me where we still have two clear needs at at ten that um that the draft capital attaches going out after one of those wide receivers was always second rounders or later, and it was never the first round pick. So I like that analysis. Uh, that's a reason why I'm I can't wait to practice the Falcons taking a completely different position because well, let's do on, that right now. Yeah, it was on your show with uh Rothstein, was it that came on? Yep. Yep. Um, and he even mentioned that actually the Falcons like the day two receivers d- believing there's not really a teardrop off. So like if they can wait until day two for a Christian Watson, they would actually rather do that than take a receiver here. So that's why I kind of like the Jordan Davis, Jermaine Johnson hype here. Okay. Uh, let's quickly just fill out a let well, one. Let's not do that. We're just going to do top 10. We're just going to do top 10 for now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to lock in this top seven, at least for a couple different versions. So at number eight, let's see. Kayvon Thibodeau? Sure. Okay. Very much a possibility. Very. Because everything's a possibility. Correct. <laughs> now, this leaves me in no man's land at number nine. And maybe this is why I don't have the possibility of Kayvon Thibodeau to the Falcons at eight is, is for this very reason. Now, Daigle with Jameson as well. I would even throw in this if, if we can just go back to this. This is how I would have it. Okay. At 10 with Jermaine Johnson. I buy that Joe Douglas wants Jermaine Johnson. Maybe that is what is catapulting his name up to number four because you have a senior bowl player. Joe Douglas loves that. And he was a former team captain. Joe Douglas loves that as well. Clears off two clear needs. Now I could also see 
you know, Kayvon or Jermaine Johnson at this point, right? Throw Jermaine Johnson right there real quick. Jermaine eight. We would, we would both say Kayvon still at nine then. Yes, that's actually, that may be the answer right there. That makes a lot of sense. Um, (laughs) I still don't know if they have, I know they're high on London, I don't know if they have London or Jameson ranked higher. That's what I, I wish I could figure out. Yeah, and they're two wildly different types. And if you looked at, and this this might be unpredictive because you know they they chase proven wide receivers, but all of the wide receivers they chase were big plays, like big play types, vertical shots down the field. But Drake London is like this different body type, the big body guy that they won with, mm-hmm. you know, with Zach Wilson at BYU. So, and. What makes this interesting is that obviously no Garrett Wilson in the top 10. Um, where does he go then? Because Washington did not do any extra work on him. They they Other are interested in Chris. Day. They are interested in Chris Olave. They a lot of hype getting Kyle Hamilton at a number 11 overall now. So, like, there you go. I was gonna say, does the new does the new regime change with Minnesota then make them skip Trip McDuffie and instead ensure they have three wide sets to shoot out? with individuals since we still don't trust their defense. Yeah. May or may not have something very similar to this coming out on Thursday. Um, That's a good one because, and who knows what Quezzy, the new GM, how he's going to use these first round selections, but Andrew Barry only prioritized pivotal spots, pillar positions in terms of edge rushers, cornerbacks, quarterbacks, offensive tackles, and maybe wide receivers now on this list. And so a team that just lost Tyler Conklin is relying on Irv Smith Jr. as their lead tight end, who has what a 32, 33-year-old Adam Thielen with KJ Osborne, along with obviously Justin Jefferson, a phenom at wide receiver. Why not just improve that? And sure, maybe Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson kind of win in, in similar ways, but I mean, throw him out there and create separation, sustain it and, and go win. That aligns with me a lot. I've got no clue what the Vikings are going to do. I think 12 is a perfect spot to trade out with, let's say, the Steelers to get up to 20, right? But uh, if they stick there, that is a need that fits with a talent that fits along with a run at the position at the moment. As someone named Hayden Winks in the chat also says, Garrett Wilson linked to Texans. Uh, Beyond that, the Texans are knowingly trying to trade up with their number 13 pick for a wide receiver like a Jameson Williams or a Garrett Wilson. So if he falls, I would imagine his floor is also 13. Okay. So we have this version as we just finished. Um, Let's go back and do some that we have seen across, across the board. Okay. I think let's keep Trayvon and Aiden Hutchinson. Let's do uh, Evan Neal at three. Yes. This is the best practice right here. Evan Neal goes at three. Do we still see Iki Aquanu at four, or do we see what Connor Hughes laid out here and Jermaine Johnson at four? I still think it's Iki because so what I'm doing, Josh, I stack. I believe it's Iki or Neal, no, no matter what. And then your secondary players are Jermaine Johnson reportedly just recently over Thibodeau. And if that's the case, that bottom rung of defensive players doesn't matter because they're still going to get Iki or Neal. And that's the kind of the way I look at it. It plateaus as long as Iki or Neal are there. Okay. Well, we'll but keep it there. If you want to change out and put a defensive player here instead, I'm listening. No, nah, because look, I want to make this more different, this one. Okay. And if we say Jermaine Johnson at four, 
then, you know, either Charles Cross might stay there at five and Icky Aquino just goes at six. And that doesn't change enough up, right? Yes. So let's do a, a, a totally different version of this. And let's keep this run of three tackles. The Panthers nightmare at six. <laughs> nightmare scenario, right? Right. Because you really might have to take 25 cents on the dollar at this point. So no matter what, I think the Panthers trade out of six if this happens. Because I think a team will be moving up for, let's say, and let's, let me get rid of these, Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley or, or someone like that. Okay? So which team do we want? Do some trades. Which team do we want trading into, into six for the Panthers? Because this guy is, is gone. Could it be the Philadelphia Eagles for one of these quarterbacks? Could it be, I mean, we can scroll down a little bit. Could it be, I mean, the New Orleans Saints now would be out of that tackle market, so they wouldn't be trading up for someone, you know? Right. Could it be the Houston Texans seeing that number three they took, Evan Neal, seeing a player that they love in Derek Stingley moving up the board, and then the Panthers drop down to 13, you know? Well, it's it's also the worst nightmare for mock drafters because... <laughs> We're trying to we answer the questions. Yeah, because <laughs> then no one wants to trade up for anyone. Uh, I imagine someone will be trading up for Sauce Gardner if this is the case. Who that is, I have no idea. Would Philly trade up for Sauce or would they trade up for a receiver? It's a fair question. I've also been obsessed with the scenario that Philly does a slight trade up ahead of the the Ravens for Jordan Davis and they mm-hmm. bounce down a little bit with their second first round pick and take like Jahan Dotson. Um, sure. Cause how he loves to do deals, you know? So like little slight moves ups and, and slight trade outs is what, what would be Fletcher Cox one year deal and then gone makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well let's do, let's do the, uh, to make them happy. Let's do the Eagles here. Okay. So the Eagles, I think that they have one second round pick and two thirds. So here, to me, it would just be Eagles moving up from 15, giving their second rounder to get up to six. Okay? Fair. And we think they take sauce over uh, over Derek Stingley just because exercise sake. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then we go back to the Giants. We talked about clear needs. Charles Cross is covered at that right tackle spot. At seven, do we just bounce them over to Derek Stingley here? I think we do, but I've always, in my mocks, I've always had a problem just sticking Stingley here because they really haven't done no buzz. They haven't done almost no work on Stingley compared to Gardner. That's what I'm worried about. And like, wouldn't these this be the position then? They just take a receiver instead. And so I think I'm going to give up and put Stingley in this situation. But I'm listening. If you have Mike Johnson, then. Are they really I mean, in the market for an edge, though? Well, we we heard from Jordan Ronan yesterday that Jermaine Johnson's going as a top 10, and he's the local B-writer. Ronan's connected. Put Jermaine Johnson here. Let's just practice okay. this. And we both know Stingley doesn't get past the Seahawks, but the question is, would the Falcons take him? With A.J. Terrell, I can't imagine, right? Uh, Well, with A.J. Terrell on one side, I think right. they signed... um. God, it was one corner. Casey Hayward? I think Casey Hayward yes, like was the better corner on, on the opposite side. I think there's a clear need as like the second corner, a second on the outside, you know? But they have needs that's, everywhere. That's rolling out the red carpet for Dean Pease a little too much. Let's do this. Let's okay. do this. 
I mean, Stingley is 100% a Seahawk type. Someone who was great early on, quote unquote, overcame adversity with all these injuries, so on and so forth. They get a discount on who he is now versus who he was back then. It fits all the buzzwords that John Schneider and Pete Carroll love to talk about. But yes. where we are, Stingley just, I, I would have a tough time seeing him there. But in this iteration, he is. So in this case, we, you would still rest on Drake London at number 10. Yep. Okay. I like that. And then once again, I, I, I like Kyle Hamilton here. Now, I like there too. Now, let's say that this is Garrett Wilson or let's just say Jamison Williams. I can see this being Drake London. So you think they have London higher on their board? Because no. I, I'm down to <laughs> I'm down to two players. It's either Drake London or Kyle Hamilton in my mind. Yeah, that, and that's where I am. And I'm certain, almost, I shouldn't say certain because the Falcons are there, but I'm almost certain Kyle Hamlin's going to be there at 11 no matter what happens. Whereas Correct. London, we can't guarantee it. Correct. I think Washington is obsessed with filling like that hybrid safety role. And so Kyle Hamilton is going to rank really highly on them. If Drake London and Kyle Hamilton are on the board, I have no clue which direction they'll go. And I don't know who would rank higher. Um, I could see Scott Turner being a huge fan of Drake London, you know? Um, so this would be a, a difficult decision and diagram because then after if Kyle Hamilton falls from here, I don't know where to put him. You know, I don't think the Vikings take him unless they're trying to get ahead of like a, a Harrison Smith downturn in his career. Maybe the Houston Texans do a new John McClain went on NFL stock exchange with, you know, Trevor Sikama and Connor Rogers and gave Kyle Hamilton to them at number three overall. So maybe that's a pick, but man, Hamilton to 11, it just makes life easy for me and you when, when writing these out. So I think that's why we keep gravitating. Hamilton's floor would be 15 to the Eagles. Um, they, they, he's high on their board. The only thing is he's not being mocked there because no one thinks he's there. When, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I would say there's a great chance he's there. But now, given especially how much work Ben Standing has done for the commanders and just yeah. seems convinced like Hamilton is one of two players going at that position, it's like, yeah. okay, maybe he's not there after all. But if he falls that much, he would go to the Eagles for sure. Yeah, and I... I'll mention this back. I think it was the Luke Keekley draft and someone can correct me in the chat. If I, if I'm wrong, um, Mark Barron and Luke Keekley are in the same class. Marty Herney was very close to taking Mark Barron. If he was going to be there and he wasn't. And that's like that safety hybrid slash player. And we know that Mark Barron ended up being a, a linebacker, but just a name to keep in mind because we have a lot of history. We have a lot of history of Ron Rivera and Marty Herney drafting together. I think we need to practice the falsehood of Thibodeau to number two to the yep. Lions. Okay. We need, well, to, let, we need let, to practice this. Let's start over. Okay. Because I'm, we can I'm also go by the way. Hutchinson number one if you want us to do that's, that too. That's exactly what, how we're doing this. Yeah. Honestly, like I haven't even like at my in my crazy Excel sheet where I keep all the mock notes. I haven't even practiced Hutchinson at one because it's such an afterthought to me. Yeah, I mean tomorrow could be an absolute slaughter. If, it's, uh, if, if we find out that A. Hutchinson is the pick, because that'll send me into a tailspin, because we're about to do this. We're about to do this a, in real time. I call it an island draft because we're either buying an island or stranded on one for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Again, before we get going, about 65% of you that are watching this right now are not subscribed. Come on. Be shame. kind. It's a shame. Go and smash that subscribe button down below. Turn on the notification bells while you are there. 
We're here Thursday night, round one of the draft. Lots of booze, lots of laughs, lots of fun, lots of analysis, and guests from across the country that we have met online. <laughs> and it's going to be a, a really, really good time. So join us for that. It starts at 745 Eastern during round one. Okay, so let's do this. We know Aiden Hutchinson for so long was connected at number one. Chris Burke, many people associated with the Lions, then projected Kayvon Thibodeau number two, even when Trayvon Walker was available. Shall we do the same? Let's do it. Get it out of the way. Okay. Because now the betting favorite as the number one pick in Trayvon Walker still on the board, and I have zero clue where to place him. Let's continue, though, on our path of what we think is going to happen, because I think this is a good exercise. Shock in the first selection, surprise at the second selection, and then we go with what we think is going to happen, and that's Derek Stingley. Yes. Completely oh. agree. I don't even know before. I don't think Trayvon is even on the Texans board. Like, I don't think they care. Okay. When we get to four, then we mentioned that edge is one of the top three coveted positions for the jets. Would they bypass, as we keep saying, Ike Aquanu, Evan Neal for someone like Trayvon Walker, who we have not factored into this equation at all. I don't think so. I, I still okay. think it's icky and I hate it because again, a lot of sharp people are the opposite way and thinking that this is where Thibodeau slide stops or they need an edge, but the jets have shown us the last season and a half, even this off season, they are prioritizing making life easier for one Zach Wilson and more importantly themselves for a five-year rookie contract at quarterback. And mm. so that continues to happen with icky at number four, all roads lead back to that. Mm. Okay. So five, again, where this run is happening and one already went off the board, the Giants taking an offensive lineman, I don't see them bypassing that need for a true right tackle over Trayvon Walker. Do you? But even, I agree. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Let's just stick Charles Cross because with Charles Cross, you know if he doesn't go at five, he goes at six. Like even right. if it's not the Panthers, it's he the thinks. Saints. Right, right. The, Saint, the Saints trading up to number six. Yeah. I that's think it is a reasonable possibility. That's why in mock drafts, like you, you could steal this idea. I'm just going to put cross at six and just be like, somebody's going to take him at six. I don't know if it's the Panthers or not. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do Evan Neal here. Charles Cross here. And people might laugh at the notion. I tell this the beat writers with Jonathan Alexander and, and Ellis on their show that, hey, Pay attention to this because, again, both those first rounders or some other draft capital that they have, we saw it last year with the Cowboys and the Eagles trading with each other to, to flip over on the Giants for, you know, Devontae Smith. So, you know, these interdivision trades happen. So, mm -hmm. okay. So, Giants, we're back here. Sauce is on the board, and so is Trayvon <laughs> Walker. I'm still going to go Sauce. I don't have a reason. I don't know how much work, if any, the Giants have done on Trayvon Walker. Like, I know they've had interviews, for better or worse, if you ask them, with Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I, I know they are high on Gardner. I'm not sure about Stingley, and I'm not sure about Walker. Yeah. Um, I'm just giving Trayvon Walker to the Falcons at number eight, though. That's like, fine. I, I would stop and, the slide there. And, and Daigle, while I think we're we're – speaking to our bias here a little bit, because I don't know how the presumed number one overall pick, the betting favorite number one overall pick, then makes it to number eight. You know? Mm -hmm. I don't see how that happens. I don't either. <laughs> but it but it just did in this case, you know? But if, again, I, I think we outlined the possibilities and, and 
perhaps how it could happen because look, like Texans, we think corner is much more of a need for them. And, and that's where just all the smoke is at the moment with Derek Stingley. Jets, we outlined their need for offensive linemen. It's probably topping their list. Giants, same thing. Panthers, 100%. Then the Giants are once again, and at least in a Wink Martindale scheme, corners in isolation, and especially when you consider that James Bradbury is legitimately not on this roster in order to get this rookie class under contract, corners like their number two need other than right tackle. And that gives us Trayvon Walker here at number eight. Even in knowing Bradbury won't be on the roster in week one, would they go Walker at seven and just fill in on day two that cornerback need? Possibly. Yeah, I could see that. Man, I could see that. So if we did that, then Falcons goes back to Drake London or Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Or Jermaine Johnson. Let's give them Jermaine Johnson. You know what's good is that it seems no matter how we screw up the top 10, top 12, really, it's kind of like it's kind of only like 13 names, right? You can't right. really fit that many players in there. Right. See until, until Seattle takes Jacoby Dean and we're all screwed. Or Seattle takes Trevor Penning. Or Desmond Ritter, yeah. And then the Jets, first wide receiver off the board. This could be Drake London. This could be Garrett Wilson. This could be Jameson Williams. It could be all those, right? It could be all those, right. I could see, you know, if again, Falcons take Drake London, then Jermaine Johnson here at 10, right? That Those are all possibilities. Okay, let's really spice it up. Let's go. If this happens, this iteration, by the way, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely under a bridge on Friday okay, morning. There's, there's one more. There's one more I want to do at least. And then okay. chat, get yours ready. I want to get your suggestions on if, if there's anything that we uh, we haven't hit on. Let's just say the draft starts with three straight edge rushers. Okay. We are still at the bullet. You're sticking with Icky. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, every iteration, the route all goes back to Icky, unless he's the number one overall pick, and then we can start debating, really. Yeah. Uh, Scott, this is a really good question. Does Derek Stingley really fit Lovey's cover, too? Uh, I'll put it in the chat right now. Aaron Wilson, who has been around that beat for quite some time, now works for Pro Football Network, um, randomly at, God, if I can even find it, like midnight last night, started tweeting about how Derek Stingley, yeah, 19 hours ago, is such a great fit in Lovey Smith's system. Wow. Ball skills. I- Got Greg Gabriel to give quotes, and Greg Gabriel spent six years in a draft room with Lovey Smith. And I didn't, I didn't see the, it between the grapevine here, Daigle. Heard that Lovey might have a little more say than people think with this selection. Okay. I think we're talking now. We're cooking. But we did about 17 iterations of Derek Stingley at number three. So we're, we're moving forward here with Trayvon Walker. This is Every, pure magic. Everyone is clear like what our favorite picks are right now because yep. we keep doing them over and over again. This is pure madness, though, if it starts off with three edge rushers, okay? So then we get to the Giants. I think, once again, we can go to Charles Cross or Evan Neal. Evan Neal, Charles Cross. And you say pure madness, but let the record show consensus believes it's going to be four defensive players in the first four picks. You and I are of the minority here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Stingley now is the favorite. favorite Everyone believes it's going to be three edge rushers and a cornerback. Again, which is why I I just So that would be Trayvon Walker at four in that. 
Yes, because a lot of people believe Trayvon Walker is number one. Right, right. Um, okay. So then, once again, we'll just go down this road. Let's get Charles Cross here. It could easily be Evan Neal. Sure. Evan and Neal then it here. would be Charles Cross at six, yep. Evan Neal. And, or it could be brother. Charles Cross. Yep. So then, here we go. Giants on the board. Two corners. Their second largest need. Let's pretend Let's just like... Give them sauce. Yeah, uh, well, we keep giving them sauce. What if we give them a wide receiver pretending like they trade this pick like they want Whoa. to? Oh, I like they, that. They they want to trade, in particular the number seven, but one of their two picks, uh, the Saints are rumored to be moving up as well. Again, we believe the Saints would move up for Charles Cross, so it doesn't make sense, but let's just pretend someone comes up for a wide receiver here and they trade back. Right. So okay. stick. What, Eagles at seven? Do another trade between these two teams? We keep moving the Eagles up. Uh, sure. What, what other team is trying to get up for a wide receiver? I mean, the Texans from 13? Texans makes sense. Um, do you think that the Jets wouldn't move up, right? Unless they want to jump the Falcons for Drake London? Would that make sense or no? With your theory of using only second round capital to, mm-hmm. to try and trade for these number one wide receivers, that would not make sense. But the Jets could also try to move up. Okay. Um, I could also see the Jets if they took Icky trying to make sure to get ahead of the Falcons that they get Jermaine Johnson instead of a wide receiver. I know you're not in on this like edge stuff to the Jets as much as I am here. I am buying that they love Jermaine Johnson. I wouldn't say I'm against it. I'm just neutral. Like I don't have an opinion either way. Uh, if Thibodeau was the number two player on their board behind Icky and then suddenly Jermaine Johnson has replaced Thibodeau, that makes total sense. So this then, of course, doing. they would take Jermaine Johnson. Okay. So it's a little flip. Just three moves up for the Jets to get up above the Falcons and the Seahawks, two sure. teams that might take edge rushers. Boom. Can totally so, buy it. Falcons at eight. We go back to the Jordan Davis, Kyle Hamilton, but the name that keeps coming up to me is Drake London. Have you heard Jordan Davis, or is that something you're just of the belief, given his athleticism? Yeah, that one. Um, he, okay. I mean, he had that weird halftime interview. It wasn't weird. Um, like what would you want to stay home? And he's like, Oh, we got some things in the works, so on and so forth. But they just need everything, you know, now God, we can't, but in this iteration, we can't have gardeners or Stingley dropping like, so let's to, give them Derek Stingley. eight and nine, right? Yeah. Let's give them Derek Stingley in peace defense. Then we'll give sauce here. And then the Giants get their wish of not one of these corners, but as the first wide receiver off the board. It's got to be Jameson, right? You Okay. Tell me why your confidence is so high that Jameson Williams is going to be the first wide receiver off. It's uh, I'm not sure I'm confident, but I believe, like Thibodeau, he's always the number two player on people's boards. And so if it comes back to them and Drake London is not available – like for the Jets and Falcons, in that case, then the Giants, their fallback is Jameson Williams. The only thing is, I think the Giants have Jameson over Drake London. That's what I'm at. But if you don't think so, I'm listening. Hmm. Um, no, I, I can totally buy any of the three as the first wide receiver off. I think, 
I don't know why Garrett Wilson was necessarily steamed up so early on. It was probably because he was the only healthy one. You know, Drake London came That's off true. the injury to finish the season. And then Jameson, he's checked out medically ever since then. And I think like that's why it shifted a little bit. But all three are so different. I think Olave is like the clear wide receiver four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost want to force Olave to the Northern Saints. I don't know about you. But yeah, that makes, I, I that did. Makes I did the four four podcast, the most accurate podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Shameless plug, and talked to Nick Underhill. At, talked to Nick Underhill last week, and he even said he mentioned in particular the Saints um, being very high. He only named one wide receiver. He named Chris Olave. Skipped right past Drake London, Garrett Wilson. The Saints are very clearly in on Chris Olave. I believe when I mentioned that note on Move the Line, also subscribe to that shamelessly. Last night with Evan Silva, Joey Kanish, Ryan Noonan, and Connor Allen, uh, DraftKings dropped the number per my suggestion to 16 and a half because 17 and a half was a smash number because yeah. Alavi's not getting past the Saints at all. Right. I'm, I'm with you there. Okay. Let's do a heavy trade. Let's do a heavy okay. trade. Top 10. Backwards are not moving. And let's keep it chalk other than trades. Trayvon. Line's not moving out of two. Aiden. I don't think Texans are moving out of three. Stingley. I don't think the Jets are moving out of four. I think they're much more likely to move out of out of ten. Icky for better or worse. Okay. We'll get to the trades in a moment, people. Uh, then we'll give them. Let's just give these people. Let's give it Evan Neal. Okay. This is why. Yep. Because I think if Evan Neal is on the board for the Panthers at six, they stick there and take him. I'm not certain what's going to happen if Charles Cross is on the board at six. And let's say they get a huge deal from the Saints. And that, what, number 16? Mm. Which, by the way, Scott Fitterer basically said that they had 16 to 20 first-round grades in this class. Maybe something, maybe not. That there's also a cliff of six players before then. He just said what he had to say today. Well, let's say we know that the number one really need for the saints, if they can achieve it is left tackle because that's been the heart soul of that offense for years and years and years is a top five offensive line. And they don't have a true replacement, the left tackle spot. So they move up here for Charles cross, something that I know Nick Underhill mentioned. Yes. And the saints, I believe priority number one is replacing Tron Armstead, not the receiver, not the best player available because the Saints, you know, we don't believe them, but they believe they can win. They think they're ready to win this year in a weak division outside of the Bucks, And so I think they assume as long as they get Teron Armstead's replacement, they can compete on day one. Not the case, by the way, which is also why Howie jumped in and said, well, if you believe that, how about we take your first round pick next year and uh, we'll capitalize off that. Okay, so this is the first one, and it's the Saints taking Charles Cross the first trade. Giants moving with, should we do the Jets once again for the edge rusher versus Jermaine wide Johnson? receiver flip? Yeah. Sure. So you think the Jets would trade up for Jermaine Johnson, but not for Thibodeau? Correct. Uh, okay. was listening to Charles Robinson show, which I'm on later today, and I should probably head out here in like 10 minutes because um, I got to go get ready for that one. No problem. Um he, he would be, let me use his words accurately, um, because they were very, they were very firm. 
He says, I would be absolutely spectacularly stunned if Kayvon Thibodeau is a New York Jet by the end of the draft. Interesting. I think that's pretty definitive. I'm of the belief of that too. So uh, I support my priors. And they're... Go ahead. Team captain, senior bowler, all things that Joe Douglas loves. We got the Jets there. So let me ask you this because there are people in the chat blowing up because they don't think the Panthers would make this trade for Charles Cross in the division. Mm. Do you mm. think Scott Fitter is even aware the Saints are in their division? <laughs> the only reason why I think this is a possibility is, and maybe it was, well, because one, Charles Cross is loved by others, and I don't know how much he's loved by the Panthers. Like, they probably have, again, their eyes on Icky and Evan Neal, and then what can happen from there? So that that's all I can say on that. I, I don't know definitively. I just don't know if they rank Charles Cross in the same tier or if they prefer a second round selection as more value plus a player in the first round, like a Trevor Penning, for example, that they can get it possibly at 16. Like just having no second and third round pick handicaps Scott Fitterer and like how much he values the top three tackles. If that makes sense. Yes. For number eight, there have been rumbles. I don't believe them, but there have been rumbles that it could be quarterback since we genuinely don't know what position this will be. So yes, let's pretend like it's Malik Willis. Or I don't think at nine is a possibility for that too. Yes. Malik Willis is definitely an option here. Uh, Wait, can, can we do this actually? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Let's have, let's have cave on here. And then you and I believe the team that is most likely to trade up. Hmm. And then we get Malik Willis here to the Steelers. Now, if I was to gauge and try to pick out which team the Steelers probably have a preference of trading up with, I would say Minnesota at 12, because that's going to cost less probably than the Seahawks at nine. Chargers are also known to be if pinning falls to 12, which I still think there's a chance that Seattle just sits there and takes pinning. But if that is the case, uh, the Chargers would trade up a few spots as well to 12 for pinning. And then the Vikings would, I think, hope McDuffie falls. Okay. So Giants at nine. We haven't taken... Oh, Sauce is still here. Yes. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we just debunked our own fake monster. That's not going to happen. Okay, and let's go Drake London here. Washington at 11 and then uh, Vikings get one of those wide receivers. So yeah. One of the wide James receivers. I, st- I still Wilson. think, I still think it could be a big Duffy, but if you want to put a mm-hmm. wide receiver, that's okay. Both so are. Let's do options. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Let's keep going then. So Texans at 13 after at three, taking Derek Stingley. They're also mentioned with the wide receivers. Jameson Williams is still available. Um, let's stick I him with see- Jameson. Okay, oh, go ahead. There we go. That works. Um, again, this Eagles Ravens dynamic, I think both are fighting over Jordan Davis on some level because if you look at the GMs across the league that probably value a rare player, that one we have never seen, Eric DaCosta and Harry Roseman of are of that sort. But Daniel Jeremiah, I don't know if he's missed on the Ravens right. in the last three years. And he keeps saying that Jordan Davis is the pick if he's there. Right. 14's the floor. Makes it easy also because I believe his number is 14 and a half. So there you go. Um, okay. Then we have for the 15th, the Eagles, a lot of wide receivers are already off, including Drake London, 
Garrett Wilson, and Jameson Williams. So then what would it be? You think Kyle Hamilton here at 15? It'd be Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. I, I think I think they would I think they would not believe their eyes if they saw Hamilton fall. They are hoping to get him. They don't think they'll get him. This is where they would go. Okay. So then we have the Panthers here again from that deal up at at six. You're sitting here at 16. I mean shit. If this is Kenny Pickett, I am departing that's Earth stratosphere. That's why they would trade down, right? That's the only reason. <laughs> I am because you talk about myself to the moon. You talk about available tackles, like I think Tyler Trevor Smith. Penning. Okay, Trevor Penning. Yeah, I would say Tyler Smith's probably the next one who's a pure tackle, but there's a big drop off there. And so, yeah. if you think they would settle for Trevor Penning, be my guest. Uh, to save your own sanity, please put him in this spot instead of Kenny Pickett. Okay, we the Chargers would be pissed if that yeah. were the case. Okay, we we have just a couple of minutes left. Let's reset the board, Daigle, and let's, after going through all these exercises, let's close out with like what we think legitimately is going to happen. Okay. Okay. I know that's kind of how we opened it. So stop me until I'm wrong. This is how we're closing the show. Thank you for being here, ladies and gentlemen. Trayvon Walker, one to the Jaguars. Aiden Hutchinson, two to the Lions. Derek Stingley, three to the Texans. Iki Ikuanu, four to the Jets. Should I flip Evan Neal and Charles Cross here at five and six? I do. I want to flip them. Okay. Again, possibility. They take the corner and say, we are happy with either Cross or Neal. We'll get whichever one falls to seven. But I do think they prefer Charles Cross, knowing he's a pure tackle. Giants, Sauce Gardner at seven, based on how this falls. I'm in agreement with you. Falcons at eight. Does the Kayvon Thibodeau slide stop here? Do we go wide receiver with Drake London instead? Let's go Drake London. Okay. And I have Drake London like, I don't know, 35% with another 30% player with another 25% player. But I'll go Drake London. Okay. Seahawks, now we stop Kayvon Thibodeau. 100% chance Pete Carroll takes Thibodeau <laughs> if he's there. 100% chance. Jets at 10. I'm forcing us to take Jermaine Johnson. I know you want to take a wide receiver I'm listening. here. You've actually I, made you I think you convinced me to change my mock. Um I, oh I'm not shit, putting my baby. final we one out be to, different here. I'm not putting out my final one till Wednesday afternoon, anyways, but I kind of like Jermaine Johnson at number 10 now that you talk about it. You hyped him up. Well, okay. We are different. Okay. Um, Kyle Hamilton here to the commanders. Yes. Maybe we aren't different. <laughs> I, I think we might be lockstep here. Which no, is this dangerous. is where we change. This is where we change because I like McDuffie at 12. You like Garrett yeah. Wilson. Texans. This With, gets we have names like Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams. A bunch are We're, still here at 13. On the on the underdog show, Rivers McCown made a very good case for George Karlaftis too. And like I don't even care that Karlaftis over under dropped to like the 30s. Doesn't matter at all because the Texans don't care at all. Yep. Um, oh, we could have done a version where Icky goes one, but let's not speak that into existence. Okay. So Texans, let's keep it with, who, where do you think at 13 of the names available? Who you're going to give them here. In my opinion, it's either Jameson Williams. It could be Jordan Davis. It could be George Coloftis. You pick one. I don't know. Uh, let's give him Garrett Wilson. Okay. 
I mean, that's that's the analogy for Jameson Williams is the best receiver on their board. Yep. And then there's a lot of smoke. I don't know how much I believe it, but Jameson Williams to the Eagles. Jimmy uh, Kimsky also had the Eagles settling for Traylon Burks, and it seemed early in the process he was against that notion. But then he then he had him in his most recent mock. So I don't know. I think that might be that might be happening as well if no other receivers available here above him. Okay, Olave at sixteen. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Above Penning, Chargers Trevor Penning. If they okay. fail like this, the Chargers would be exuberant. They love Penning. And then we close at 18 with their second first-round pick in the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, there's cornerbacks that are potentially available. We've already seen them take a wide receiver. There's no Jordan Davis on the table, and there's no Kyle Hamilton. I, I This is where I would have to start scratching my head a little bit. No idea. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, right here is when a lot of people are pinpointing them with linebackers, but we know Howie's history where – he refuses to put capital into a linebacker. So the guys right. like Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd uh, make sense like X's and O's wise, but looking at the history of this organization, they're not going to take a linebacker. So that's where I'm lost. Okay. I said this was the end of the show. Daigle, can you look Eagles fans? We just talked about this. The reason why linebacker stinks on the Eagles is because Howie Roseman does not value it early in drafts. It's that simple. It's that simple. Safety and off-ball linebacker are a very overrated position, and a lot of GMs are aware of that. that. I mentioned this. The reason why people project and connect linebackers to certain teams in round one is because they have needs at that position. It only happens that those teams don't spend earlier on draft capital in that position as well. So mm-hmm. I, you can say your rebuttal can be, oh, well, this is the year that they do it because they were so bad. Why hadn't that been the last five years? You know, so I'm, I'm going to side with the process of these tenure general managers and decision makers and not give the Philadelphia Eagles a linebacker in round one. Okay. Um, appreciate Nick for, uh, for reiterating this again, we wanted to go through about 10 to 15 different scenarios. We kind of opened with how we thought it was going to go and how we thought it was going to go as well. So it kind of bookended it with exactly predictable. Uh, okay, Dig, I'm going to keep you for five I, more minutes and go wholly unpredictable. Go ahead. I appreciate Nick Bird's support, but also like Pitbull said, you got to have haters because who else is paying attention? So they're <laughs> always here. The haters are always here for us. Okay. Let's go wholly, wholly unpredictable. And Icky Kwanu at number one to the Jaguars. And I don't think it's that crazy. I think there is like a nine, 12% chance here. Okay. Are we sticking with Trayvon Walker? not being the picket to and Aiden Hutchinson being the picket to. I yes. am of the belief. Yes. Okay. Derek Stingley at three. Yes. Then we got to change it. Number four. You've been mentioning that it's either Evan Neal or Icky with the Trayvon Walker thing. This, sprinkled this in is here. my worst nightmare. Actually this scenario right here, because I can't tell you which one's higher. I, I thought it was Icky for the longest time. And then Connor Hughes threw an Evan Neal on me yesterday in a tweet. And um, I'm not sure anymore. Do you have a way I, to lean? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would lean Evan Neal here as well. And then we get Charles Cross. And then I'm going to throw a wrench in this and take Trayvon Walker to the Panthers because all three offensive linemen are gone. And they need some, they, they lost Hassan Reddick, obviously, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Brian Burns are picking up his fifth year option. But having Brian Burns, who gets run over in run defense, and then Trayvon Walker as like that edge pairing, 
bring some, and you know, Phil Snow loves to do some hybrid things with that defense. I, I could see Edge being if again all three tackles are off and they if they have to stick at six, Trayvon Walker being the pick at six. And they wouldn't go Jermaine Johnson since they prioritize athleticism on defense. Trayvon Walker is even more athletic. Trayvon Walker okay. is like crazy. Good crazy okay. freak. Um, okay. Then we had Charles Cross, and we we're gonna stick with sauce, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of this kind of then stays the same. You know, we basically just flipped six and then moved up both tackles at four and five with Icky going at one, and that's it. Eight, again, wild card. Nine, unless Thibodeau's there, wild card. And then you seem pretty certain 10 would be Jermaine Johnson if that's the case. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't don't want to be the reason you change your mock draft to exactly what (laughs) I have, Daigle. I don't want to turn in the exact same test that you do. Because then that doesn't help either of us. I don't know what they I, would do at that point. What do you think I can't help it, would do? I can't help it that somehow you and I got to the same consensus, like top 10 over the last, you know, three, four weeks. We're just following okay. the nuggets is all we've been doing. Let's do it. Appreciate you, Tube Socks. <laughs> Let's do this one. Okay. Tube Socks so, is always around. We have uh, Trayvon Walker at one. We have Millie Quillis at two. And then you have to leave after this. You have more important things to do with your life. We have Derek Stingley at three over Aiden Hutchinson, or do we think the Texans would then take Aiden Hutchinson? I know Aiden Hutchinson would not get past the Jets at four. I do not know what the Texans think of him. Mm. So do you just want to say Stingley than Hutchinson? Hmm. Yeah, do you think the Texans would take Hutchinson? Again, they are more about character than they are performance. They only care about players' character. Well, then let's, then let's go Aiden Hutchinson here. Okay. Okay. Uh, then we can stick with Icky Iquano here. <laughs> this is All the one roads, we keep coming back to. All, All roads, roads lead to Icky. At number four, <laughs> which is still like, I think, 12 to 1 on FanDuel. Uh, go look at that. <laughs> um. Okay. Then Charles Cross, we can go Evan Neal. Seven mm-hmm. to the Giants, I guess. So really, who who are we missing here? Um, what Walker. are we missing? Oh, we're missing... Um, we're missing the, oh, no, not Walker. We're miss, yeah, we are missing Stingley. Stingley. That's it. And then we, I could it, see, you know... We, we know it Stingley. would stop at nine. Right. But then where do we have Thibodeau? Terrific question. Well, we could do it like this. Like, Kayvon could be the pick here at eight. You know? Thibodeau, I imagine, would not get past. I, can't, I mean, I say imagine him falling to this position, but it's there's a real chance he falls all the way to the Texans at 13. Like, there's a real chance that happens. And if that's the case, the Texans stop the slide. But I still yeah. think Kayvon goes to the Seahawks over Stingley, could be- I think. Drake London, all those. So again, I think that was a good exercise too. It shifts some things, but it's not like a seismic, you know, topsy-turvy, then top 10. It's still a lot of the same names. A lot of the same names here in the top 10 or top 12. If you had to have one shocking name, I think we kind of covered it. In the top 10, I could see it being Trevor Penning to the Seattle Seahawks. Oh yeah. That's that was my pick until I had Thibodeau sliding so far. Uh, was pinning to the Seahawks. It just makes too much sense, especially for what they want to do. Other than that, you know, maybe Jermaine Johnson was the one, but he's no longer a surprise anymore. So, yeah, that's about it. Um, 
Okay. Hopefully people understood this. I know it was, uh, I, didn't. I know it was chaotic, but we wanted to talk through and we did it about 15 different scenarios there of how the top 10, maybe we got it right. Maybe we didn't. Um, I know Daigle has his final mock draft Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. Four, four, scoring, four, four, four. scoring goes official Wednesday at midnight. Thus it has Correct. to be out at every site for everyone by then. Uh, I'll probably put it out Wednesday afternoon because I will be tired of everything. He's at plus 500 now. I got him at 20 to one. I didn't realize he's at plus 500. It's happening, Andrew. It's happening, Josh. All roads lead back to Icky. All right. Dago, I just, I, I wonder what Huddle Report would do if we turn in the same test. Will they go by then? Like who turned it in earlier? <laughs> I think most people would be proud to match top 10 picks with last year's or not last year's oh. the most accurate mock drafter ever, but I'm offended. Ever. As you know, <laughs> I'm out here think. fighting and scratching for my own name. So I don't want to match you at all. Um, grinding the mocks was out there saying, Josh, you're just going to hit regression this year. I'm like, dude, you got to be pulling for me. You got to be pulling for me again. We appreciate all of you for being here. If it's your first time smash, subscribe, Smash the notifications bell. We have a ton of great individual player evaluations, highlights, all that good stuff already on the channel. A lot of other videos that we've done recently in terms of top 10 beat writer series. Um, I know Daigle talked to, you know, Nick Underhill. He talked to David Newton. He talked to some others on his own channel as well. That is the most accurate podcast. Is that correct? The most accurate podcast on iTunes, Spotify, go. wherever you get your iTunes. Also, move the line for NFL betting content, which last night we just had our annual staple between myself, Connor Allen, Ryan Noonan, Evan Silva, and Joey time. Kanish that we walked through essentially the top 10 picks like we did today with our favorite bets still on the board, our favorite long shot, and also got some news nuggets both from Silva and from Kanish that I think are very important. All right. And again, everyone out there, we know you're going to be watching the draft. Round one on Thursday night. Put us on your second screen. A lot of laughs, a lot of drinks, a lot of reactions from across the country of fans loving or hating their first their first picks. And uh, to me, that's what the draft is all about. Some analysis thrown in as well. That'd be with me, Charles McDonald, Hayden Winks, and a host of other people. All right, Daigle, thanks for doing this with me. This was a lot of fun. Chaotic, but fun. That was the point. I think we walked through everything that's going to happen. If something happens that we did not walk through, then screw this draft altogether. Evan Neal at four. All right. That's going to do it for Daigle. I am Josh. You miss us so much. Up the villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.